Andrew, you've been designing applications within Canvas since the early 2000s. How have the design of applications changed in that time? Applications used to be very much driven and based around forms. So there'd be pages and they'd be quite static. Nowadays, it's all so much more interactive. And actually, one of the biggest changes is the importance of dashboarding. So quite often nowadays, the, the very first thing you use will see is a dashboard showing status of data or tasks within the system. And then the forms that would traditionally have led the system may well be on a second or third tier in terms of their navigation as they're going through. Andrew, what is your philosophy around the design of this technology? The philosophy has been to make it easy for four different groups of stakeholders throughout the process of developing the application. And if we go through it chronologically in the process, uh, we begin with the IT manager who's involved with setting up the platform. Everything is incredibly easy to configure, incredibly easy to replicate, incredibly easy to deploy. We've made everything as simple and efficient as possible. The second role working through the process would be the developers. So we've put so much into the development environment, into the way that developers are interacting with the data sources, with the different components, into the reuse, into productivity tools within the platform. So we've made this process as, as rapid and as efficient as possible. And then the developer has a second role, which is in the ongoing support and maintenance of a project. Now we've put, again, a huge amount of time, thought and effort into making the platform really good at enabling them to do this cheaply and efficiently and quickly. The third role is information officers. So we're enabling them to achieve governance across their data and across their organization. So there are so many ways in terms of dashboards and logs that they can view to see who's accessing the data and who has access to the data. The fourth role is the end users of the applications. In Canvas creates apps that users want to use. There's so many components within the application. There are meaningful data visualizations, useful dashboards, there are wizards, there's email automation, all of these and many more go into producing apps that truly give users the productivity that they need. How does Encanvas support the creation of a site structure? Within an app fabric, one can have public and private spaces. So these differentiate what is viewable and accessible when a user is logged in versus when just somebody comes straight to the site anonymously. Some sites are purely public, some sites are purely private, some are a combination of both. Then within that, there's a tree hierarchy. So we structure things according to user groups, according to functional groups. And there are just a host of different ways that one can choose to lay out a particular app or app fabric, depending upon the general requirements for that particular case. Is it possible to replicate some of the structures that, that I've created for a different application? Absolutely, and, and by design, very importantly so. And it follows our our concept throughout of this ability to template or extract or reuse components and have them appear in other app fabrics, but then very much integrated to the other app fabric where they are then used. What type of elements can you contain within a site structure? The most common element is the canvas. That is one of the fundamental building blocks. But then one can sit that side by side with completely custom HTML. Uh, one can have 
um, areas of the site where things are tiled, so you can have many different canvases or HTML elements all open at once and visible in different regions of the page for the viewer. That's something that's very useful in, in navigation. One can have groups. All of these sorts of different elements can be hosted within the tree hierarchy of an app. Where do sections fit within that site structure? Normally they'll exist as different pages within the particular canvas. So if there's a very focused piece of an app, then it may be that you're moving between the sections as you, for instance, processing data, viewing data, maybe it's taking you through a wizard process. But then there are other times when a lot of the site will only ever be a canvas with a single section because the focus there is more on canvases side by side. So the, the split between the canvases and the sections basically comes down to a canvas being a functional block and if that functional block requires separate pages or separate views or separate stages, then those we implement as different sections within the canvas. So if I'm a company and I've already got a, a website, uh, can I embrace those style principles into what I do within Canvas and how would I do that? Absolutely, yes. And that has been what we were aiming for right from the start because we've always wanted these to be uh, to be led by the business requirements. And if the business requirements include that an app looks a certain way, especially if it's an app that's then going to be used by their end clients, it really does need to conform to their branding. This is something that we've not only made possible, but we've made as easy as we could. So it's all just click configurable. There's no, uh, no sort of settings files that need to be edited or anything like that. It's all done through the UI and you can customize the app fabric independent from the business logic that's been put into place in the canvases, which is one thing that makes it so easy to reuse canvases as building blocks across app fabrics. And another thing is that any given single component or group of components can be exported as a template. So these can then be reused wherever one wants to use that same functionality again. The role of buttons. Buttons are very important within an app and within a canvas because they have a huge amount of functionality built into them and it allows us to let the users trigger or perform actions. So these actions range from the very basics, such as adding data, updating data within a data source, all the way through to workflows such as emails, generating exports and downloads or reports, and then onto other things such as conditionally processing data, updating many, many different actions that can be stacked into a chain within a button and then executed conditionally. Also, users can click buttons, but also you can have invisible buttons whereby we allow for automated functionality within an app or within a canvas. So again, you can do some quite complicated processing based upon actions, but that aren't necessarily directly triggered by a user choosing to click on a particular button. Do buttons always have to look like a button? They don't. We have three different types of button. There's button, which is the sort of standard browser button. Then there's a text button, which is where it looks like text, maybe underlined, classic sort of link, because one can use buttons for navigation as well, but then, of course, for functionality as well. Or then image buttons. So you can have whatever image you want. You can have different states. So if you wanted to, you could have a, a standard, then a mouse over, then a when the mouse is depressed state. But that's very much up to you, and it depends upon how one wants a particular canvas or indeed a particular button to look. The numerics being used in Canvas, they're very different to 
the sorts of formulas uh, or at least the, the structures that you tend to use in, in, a, in a spreadsheet. What was the logic behind the design of the numerics modules? The purpose for the numerics is slightly different to that from the spreadsheet because we're dealing with, with data in the data source and often a lot of the sort of those calculations and things are done in the data source. In fact, that's where we want them because it, it's speedy, it's reliable. That, that is what data sources are built for in many cases. So the numeric in the canvas is built to more about reporting and, and displaying figures, being able to capture obviously user input when it is numeric, and then also being able to do calculations between the numerics rather than just the broad mass numerics of a, a data source, which we have left deliberately and, and through choice, we've left that to the data source. Email workflows. Email workflows can be generated from several different places within the platform. There are those that are launched from a particular user action, so that would be on a button. So you might be performing something and then sending the email notification, or you may well be using the email as some step in the workflow that the business process involved. But then also we can generate emails as a follow-up to many of the different automatic actions through the information flow service and designer. So that's where things are happening automatically or in a response to some sort of condition or maybe the data changing in a data source. And then the emails are being generated through those information flows to then you know, continue that business process accordingly. Is email workflow a design element? Email workflow is the use of design elements and combination thereof, along with if necessary the automatic processes available through the information flow designer it basically starts with the email button action which is where it can be triggered or indeed with the triggering of an email through one of the automatic information flows if i'm a, a systems administrator do i get the ability to configure my notifications and escalations with email it allows you to customize the escalation the recording logging, all of these uh, metadata around the email process workflow. So for instance, it can record the fact that the email was sent and timestamp that. Then you can escalate that if a particular action isn't taken or recorded or seen in the system you know, within a certain uh, time period. But then also you can go through approval processes and you can, you can have escalation set in. It very much depends upon how you want to configure it and build it within a particular app. And visualizations. How does Encanvas support location-based data in its applications. In Canvas deals with GIS data in a variety of ways. It has its own built-in GIS so that it can use things like OpenStreetMap if one wants to, if that if, for instance is license-free. Or it can use third-party mapping such as the ones provided by the big major internet providers. So there are two separate design elements which both relate to geospatial data within the platform. And why does InCanvas have its own GIS design elements? Speed, efficiency and cost. So obviously there's no additional cost when using that element. Uh, the other thing is because it is built right into the core of the platform, it's very fast, very efficient and, and very neat. And we often use that when we're looking to display potentially huge data sets, you know, tens of thousands sometimes of records all at once on a visualization. Uh, building our own GIS component has brought a lot of advantages. For instance, there's the fact that we have complete control over the appearance. We can customise it, we can theme all the colours, we can use whatever pin we want in any given app. 
the another thing is that it keeps the data in-house so the data never leaves the platform and also the, the way that we can then deal with for instance legacy data in some old formats often we'll get uh, base or underlying data in old formats having our own GIS control then allows us to import and use these legacy uh, layers just in and amongst seamlessly with the actual live data from the database.